Hello, hello, my above average tribe, and welcome back to the A Minus Life podcast. I am your host, Casey Jericho. And once again, I am so happy to have you here listening, and I hope we can laugh, learn, and grow together. Before I get into the topic for this week, I want to remind you guys that every review, like, share is so appreciated and really helps me and this channel out. So if you're not too busy while listening to this, it would be very appreciated if you could subscribe to this podcast or my YouTube channel, leave a rating, uh, leave a raving review on either platform. Also, please share with family, friends, even mortal enemies. I want to uh, also remind you guys that even though I have turned into a professional podcaster, my true love is my one-on-one lifestyle coaching company and our lifestyle app. If you are ready to make some sustainable and enjoyable change and learn what feeling good actually feels like, please click on the link in our show notes, on my Instagram, or on my website and join the team. You can use code A-LIFE10, spell out minus, to get 10% off any package you choose as a thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate it. And now that my lovely spiel is over, let's keep showing up and get into it. Hello and happy almost end of January. How crazy, a whole month already gone. Years just fly by. So today's episode is going to be a brief one. And if you listen to my episodes while you do cardio, I give you permission to stop cardio when this is over. So enjoy. This is going to be a short one. Um, But it's going to be about the Netflix documentary, You Are What You Eat. And it is completely going to be my opinion and a little bit about what what my clients and I talked about on a Zoom that we had regarding this documentary. Also, fair warning. My daughter is currently upstairs with me because she would not leave my side. It's a Sunday. We just had a gymnastics party, which was awesome. My kids are not in gymnastics yet, but we are 100% signing them up. It was so fun. And the best part about the party was that the parents stayed on a whole nother room and we just watched them. It was two hours of just watching your kids like little zoo animals and you did not have to partake. I am a big fan of parties and events that I don't have to help out with. Um, Call me a bad mom, but it's nice to kind of get a break. So a 9 a.m. party on a Sunday with crumb cake and coffee. These people hit it out of the park. And we totally will be signing Rustin and Rory up. We're going to go once a week just for them to bounce around. They really liked it. Um, I heard and have read that it's super good for their like spatial awareness and learning their body. And if they want to get better at any other kind of sport, gymnastics is a great thing for them. So we are going to give it a whirl. Plus, Rory in a leotard is going to be amazing. Don't worry. I will share pictures. That little belly is going to be the cutest thing in all the land. Um, So back to, I guess, the meat of the episode. Um, So once again, Netflix comes out with a nutrition-based documentary, right, that all of a sudden sends people into a scurry over all the new knowledge and what they should try next. And it totally pries on our lovely fad diet, yo-yo diet, what's the secret kind of people. And I don't want to act like I'm pointing fingers or making people sound uneducated if they believe in this because I was there and I'm going to go into that a little bit. So the first thing that I always like to do with documentaries like this, right, is 
I guess it's because I'm a history teacher, right? And I work with my students every day on how to read and assess sources, right? Are they biased? Are they factual? Where are the facts coming from? Are the study or the facts presented whole? Are they missing components? Um, are there questions left unanswered, right? Or not explained? And this is exactly what every single person should be asking themselves as they watch this documentary and as they watch any documentary, right? And we, we can't pretend like a documentary is going to be 100% non-biased. It's impossible. People, humans make them. So there's going to be some bias in it no matter what. There is also big money behind these things, right? So there is bias coming from that. And it's okay to watch them. It's okay to be open-minded when you watch them because some of the facts are great. And it's always good to understand, be able to listen to both sides with an open mind, take the positives, but remember to ask the questions, right? I'll do a little history lesson here. When back when the church ruled, you know, government and religion and politics and everything, they thought the earth was in the center of the solar system and no one questioned anything. They just kind of believed what they were told. They were overworked, they were tired, uh, life was hard, so they just believed it. There was no point, right? Eventually people started coming out and questioning these ideas, asking for proof, seeing the whole story. And what do you know? Copernicus and Galileo come up with the heliocentric model that the sun is the center. Unfortunately, Copernicus got poisoned to death because of that, but Galileo made it out alive and now we have our modern day solar system. So it is important to question, to look at the whole picture, to analyze the sources, the backing, right? Read the whole study. And again, I was not always like that. Back in, if you flash back about seven years, right, to 2017, me and Thomas sitting in our little cottage in Patchogue on our Bob's furniture couch that was so cozy, newly engaged. Um, we had all the time in the world to watch our own TV, maybe even fall asleep while we watched it. So we had to watch it again. Remember those days where you had to like double watch things because you fell asleep? I'm currently having a sip of fake tea. All right, sorry. If you're watching this on YouTube, this has got to be interesting. Um, right? And this really... These two documentaries came out called What the Health and Game Changers. They were both nutrition documentaries, both kind of doing the should we go plant, should we go carnivore debate. They both claimed to kind of be non-biased. That was obviously not the case. This one documentary in particular um, was really all about going vegan and plant-based. And at this time in our lives, right, we were both crushing CrossFit. And by crushing, I mean we were mediocre athletes at our local gym. Um, but we were also crushing the nightlife, right? We were out pretty much at, I drank it all. Thank you. Um, yes, one more, please. Thank you. Sorry. Um, so we would go out pretty much every Friday and Saturday in our local town. Tom was in the academy. Um, you know, it was, it was a fun time, but our nutrition was decent. It was not impeccable, but it wasn't horrible. And we were kind of we were still interested in all things nutrition and like what could we do better, what, what could make us better athletes, what was, you know, the best thing for us, yet, you know, we were slugging tequila sodas on the weekend. So we sat there watching this documentary and I'm not going to lie, at the end of it, we both really considered going plant-based. It got us. We believed it, right? We didn't ask the right questions. We kind of just believed what was on the screen. It looked correct. It looked factual. It kind of made sense. Um, we did not analyze the sources. We did not actually read the studies, 
we didn't dive deeper into it, right? The bias kind of went right over our head and I literally almost joined the vegan tribe. But luckily, I then walked into the kitchen, I saw a juicy steak in my fridge and I came to my senses, right? But for a solid 30 to 40 minutes, me and Tom sat on the couch and talked about it, right? We even thought about ordering like plant-based protein to start off. Silly, silly kids. And nothing against people that do that. Um, it's not like it's it's bad. It's just completely not my interest or worth it to me, um, right? And it's now more than ever that we have to be better students and researchers. There is more information out there than ever before, and it's only growing day by day. The amount of information you can get, the amount of fake information that is out there. I mean, AI is scary as F-U-C-K. Don't get me wrong. I love AI in the sense that it can write things for you and come up with way wittier words and phrases than I can. But the fact that there's like fake people that look exactly real and they could just spit out knowledge that, you know, pretend knowledge is really scary, right? We have to be, we all have to become students again. We all have to ask the questions. We all have to test and question, don't worry about it, I'll tell you later, shh, okay, we all have to question things we are told, and we have to be able to be shown proof, and not just, you know, look at my big butt, I got it by doing air squats, like, mm, is that the whole story, no, it's not, so, right, the 21-year-old who tells you body weight glute bridges got her waist snatched and booty bigger is not telling you the whole truth, that is impossible. She's 21. Her DNA is probably amazing where she has, you know, she stores some fat in her butt. And yeah, she probably lifts on the side, um, right? She may have done some glute bridges, but that is not where she got her butt. She probably got a Brazilian butt lift and she also probably squats heavy, right? We're just being submerged in all this fake and not fully truthful knowledge, right? They're not lying, but they're not telling the whole truth. Um, right. Or we're getting scared because this 40 year old fit dad who goes through grocery stores and tells you all the products that are going to kill them. Right. He also doesn't mention that he probably eats all of them in moderation as well. And they're completely fine if you eat in moderation. And we don't see what he actually does when the camera is off. Right. He just food and fear mongers everybody. Right. It's a fair it's a fair adjust assessment, I'd say, that any person documentary or piece of information that invokes fear or says something is a thousand percent bad for you they're not telling the whole story right and they're just kind of looking for attention and clout as i hear kids say right usually things are not black and white and this documentary doesn't do a bad job at that but i do think it is very much one-sided so this specific documentary you are what you eat um on netflix decently new, was right away very interesting to me since I married to an identical twin, right? And it the study is all based on identical twins. Um, everyone that knows me knows that I have some weird attraction to twins in my life. I don't know what that says about me. I'm sure some palm reader or fortune teller could tell me one day, but two of my ex-boyfriends um, are identical twins, not the same twins, two different pairs. Uh, my two best friends, Lady and Cora, we know them. My mom tribe, I have a pair of twins, Jenna and Jackie, another pair of twins, Ashley and Alyssa. 
Um, my babysitter slash adopted daughter is also a twin. My cousins are twins. I probably could name more if I sat down, but I have a weird twin aura with me. So right away, I'm pretty interested in this documentary. And like the documentary said, twins are great because their DNA is the same. Um, oh yeah, at my daughter's first birthday in a crowd of like 40 people, there were six sets of twins. That's pretty wild and creepy, I guess. So, right, the documentary starts off by saying that nutrition studies are hard to do because people's DNAs are different. So if you give people a vegan diet and you give people a carnivore diet, their DNA is different. So no matter what, there is going to be some, you know, differences in how they would react to the diet. The great part about the identical twin is that they don't have different DNA. Their DNA is the same. So you can really look at the study with, you know, clear eyes and, okay, well, the only thing different between them in this eight-week period was what they ate, right? Their DNA is the same. So I took some notes as I watched it, and I'm going to kind of go through those and talk about them a little bit. I'm not going to spend too much time on them just because, again, it was a series, so they had to have some extra fluff in there that doesn't really matter. I'm kind of going to just go over the purpose of the the um, study, how it ran, the middle ground a little bit, like what happened, and then the results, and then just kind of my opinions on those. So first off, they hit us with like some crazy facts about the fact that like United States eats like 30 billion hot dogs a year, which is wild to me, right? I can't even remember the last time I had a hot dog. Um, but there were just some facts right away that like shook me as an interesting person, right? The New Jersey senator that comes on talks about how like we didn't eat meat before World War II. Like, I don't think that makes any sense. And that's definitely not true. Like my grandpa ate meat, ate meat, ate meat, right? And also like we were hunters and gatherers. So yeah, we ate animals. Um, the Neolithic Revolution, we domesticated animals. So therefore we had dairy and milk. So they kind of claim that dairy didn't come around until like modern day. And that just doesn't make sense to me when we domesticated animals thousands of years ago. So just a little, again, right away, I'm like, huh, interesting. Um, so they studied four sets. Well, they studied a lot of sets of twins, but the documentary covers four of them. And I also am curious if those four were picked for any particular reason. Um, I'll never know that. But again, just some questions I was asking. Right away, they kind of go into the background of the, the sets. You have one younger African-American set of twins, a male, that are just, you know, they're lean, lean, lean. Uh, you have another set of South African female, middle-aged, overweight. Um, another set of Filipino, I believed. Um, middle-aged females, again, overweight, and then a Caucasian pair of male twins who were not overweight, but they were very under-muscled. So you have four groups, and they get their body fat scan. So they use a thing called a DEXA machine, which I've never used before, and I'm very interested to use it one day. Um, I've done the in-body test where like you hold onto the handles and it scans your body and it gives you like a readout of body fat, muscle mass, all that stuff. They are somewhat accurate, but you can really finagle those results. So it's more something I would use for trends without putting too much um, of my emotional well-being in those. So right away, they do the DEXA scan to see their body fat, their visceral fat, their muscle mass, their height, their weight, all that. 
Um, I do love that the woman that was in charge of this DEXA scan starts off her interview with saying how much BMI is dog shit. And I loved that. BMI is body mass index. It's like the thing, if you type into Google your height and weight, it comes back with your BMI, right? How much is, what is your body made up of? The chart, right? So I'm going to actually do it right now on my computer. If I look for BMI, let's see, I am, how do I do this? BMI calculator. I'm, we'll round up. I'm 35 years old. I'm height is I'm 5'4", and I weigh 155 pounds. My BMI is 26.6. So I am in the overweight category by over 1.5. Okay. Now I know none of not everyone knows what I look like, but I don't think you would label me overweight. Um, but because I'm made of mostly muscle and I'm not the tallest, that gives me an overweight category, right? And I even got up to about 158 pounds this winter when I was bulking, and that almost puts me in the obese category, which is 30 or higher at 27. So this BMI calculator that a lot of people will like sometimes look at when they're trying to look at perfect weights is bullshit, right? It is not ideal. It's the thing that sits in your doctor's office, right? So according to this, um, for me to be appropriate weight, I would have to be like 125 pounds. That is insane to me, right? I don't, I would have to cut off a limb. I would actually have to cut off a body part or I would have to lose so much muscle and that is not healthy. So I do love that she made that point, um, that the BMI is bullshit. Do not attach yourself to it. Of course, if you are morbidly obese or very overweight, yes, it might tell you something. But again, I was teetering on that, you know, high overweight obesity thing. So I'm glad that they did the DEXA scam. I also love that she focused on visceral fat. So visceral fat is the fat that is interior, inside where your organs are. Um, it's not the fat on your arm that jiggles or your inner thighs, right? It is the fat that sits in between your intestines, your organs, your liver, all that. That is so, so dangerous. Um, that is what causes disease. That is what causes um, cardiovascular disease and heart failure and diabetes. And that is the fat that we do not want. It is also the fat that cannot always be seen, right? So you could look very, very lean or skinny, right? Like you could be 5'5", five, five, 120 pounds and quote unquote be skinny, size two. You could get your body fat scanned. You could have a dangerously high visceral fat and that's not good, right? So this is one that just because you look a certain way, you have no idea. For example, the two tall, lean Caucasian brothers, they had pretty high visceral fat counts and you would look at them like, those are two skinny dudes. They must be healthy, right? Um, they also talked a lot about microbiome, which is like your gut health, which is awesome. Um, and how, you know, the more variety in food you eat, the better your um, microbiome is, which I totally understand and I totally um, agree with. I heard a really good podcast once talk about like every two weeks, go to a like, a market around you, like an ethnic market, one that is not your local stop and shop, um, and get something from this ethnic market that you don't usually eat, something that's in their culture. And that's so good for your, your microbiome and your gut because it brings something new to the table. 
it makes you, you know, gives you new nutrients, new vitamins. So I thought that was a really good thing too. They also harped on dementia and Alzheimer's and how it actually has absolutely no DNA or genetic tie. What it is, is your brain just gets shit energy. Your brain takes up and uses 25% of your body's energy. So if you are eating a ton of processed foods, your brain is not getting clean energy and that's going to, I guess it's not inevitable, that's not for sure, but that gives you a higher risk of damaging your brain, leading to dementia, leading to Alzheimer's. Again, not something you can see until it's there. So clean foods are so, so important. Um, A couple other things that stuck out to me during the process was like anytime they showed any kind of meat for the carnivore diet, it was shit meat, right? It was like sodium filled cold cuts, fried foods, food soaked in oil. Like I didn't see one lean chicken breast or like ground turkey anywhere. It was always like salamis or, you know, fried chicken cutlets or something like that. So I do think the graphics or design were very get your opinion going one way. Um, the other thing they did was a libido test, which I also found interesting, right? So like, does your libido go up if you eat a certain way? And in the previous um, documentary called Game Changers, they did this with three college male athletes. And I actually thought it was hysterical because they were obviously very into this study. And they um, they made them wear something to bed where it measured their erections throughout the night. And they measured them on a carnivore diet and on a plant-based diet. And on a plant-based diet, they had like 240% more erections or something like that. It was wild. And their reaction thing at the table was hysterical. But at first, they put these twins in a room. They only did females, actually. They put the two female sets in a room together and explained it and like gave them an iPad to pick porn. And I was like, I was getting awkward as I was watching it because I'm like, are they going to watch this together? Like, what is about to happen? I know twins are close, but this might be a little too close. And then eventually they each went to their own room and they got like their, the heat, I think, got measured as they watched the porn video. This to me was interesting, but like when they did it after their diets, what happens if they just picked a better video? Like maybe they were nervous the first time, so they picked like, you know, a nice storyline. And then the second time they're like, screw this, let's get hot and heavy. And they picked a better video. I feel like that could really mess with um, the, the study. So I feel like they should have made them pick the same video twice, but then I guess the second time you watch it, you're not going to be as excited anyway. So I don't know, a lot of holes in the libido test for me. So as the study happened, um, right. So you had the two sets, you had the two twins, one of them went vegan, one of them went carnivore for the first four weeks, the scientist sent them food from trifecta. Um, And then for the second set of four weeks, they got to eat whatever they chose in that diet realm. So the first four weeks were more controlled. And then the second four weeks were kind of, you know, follow along like you should, but make your own choices. They also had a strength program that they were told to follow. And I thought it was pretty cool that this trainer was vegan because he was jacked. So it does show you that you can get it done. Um, And that was like the, those were the rules of the study. They were pretty light. Um... And before we get into what happened with the studies and some of the questions I asked, I wanted to really focus on something interesting I thought about one of the couples, the females, um, the Filipino twins. Both of them weighed, or I think maybe this was the South African twins, I don't remember exactly, but they both weighed 148 pounds. 
which is not a lot, right? I currently sit at about like 154. Um, and 148, so some people is like their goal weight. Like all I hear from clients sometimes is I wish I just weighed 145. I just want to see 145 on the scale or 150. Oh my God, that number would be so nice. They weigh 148 pounds, which is a dream number for some people. They are 40% body fat, 40%. That is almost half their body is fat. So you still want to weigh 148 pounds? Like this just amplified to me how shitty scale weight is. It means nothing. 148 pounds is seven pounds lighter than me. And they are 40% body fat, half their body. That is just wild. Um, so stop, stop harping on this dumb scale that all it does is measure the gravity's pull on you. Look at how your clothes fit. Look at pictures. Get a body fat scan if you want. It is so much more honest with how you actually look and your actual health. This 148 number is doo-doo, right? If you just put that on paper, these two women weigh 148. I weigh 155. Who's healthier? And then we came out from a curtain. I'm going to tell you that people would have been like, oh, never mind. I switched my vote. So again, just think about the scale. It really tells you fucking nothing. Um, and they both had more than four pounds of visceral fat, which is pre-diabetic. So again, the scale is silly. Um, all right, so let's get into the meals. So Trifecta is a company um, very much like the local companies here that are like Redefine or Hummus or something like that. They send pre-made like macro-friendly meals where they, you know, everything's supposedly in balance. It's air sealed. You can freeze them or you can eat them in the moment. Um, I thought this was interesting because one, they never went over the calorie intake. Um, that's a big deal. And then my husband said he just read part of the study because they published it and the calorie intake for the vegans was a lot lower than the carnivores. That's a big deal. Also, like not all these twins weighed the same. Not all these twins took the same amount of steps. Not all these twins worked out as hard. So calories is going to make a big difference. Whether those calories are from vegan or whether those calories are from carnivore, calories are king. So the fact that calories were never talked about was very interesting to me. And I want to definitely look more into that. Um, also, like what were in these meals? Did the vegans get great plant-based foods and then the carnivores got bacon and 80-20 beef? Or did the carnivores get lean chicken breast with broccoli and sweet potatoes? Like, Nothing was said about the actual meals. Every once in a while, you got to see what they were eating, but you didn't know. Um, that is a huge thing to leave out. Huge. There is a gap as wide as the Mississippi on how you could be healthy on a carnivore diet. You could eat 80-20 beef with bacon and, you know, ribeyes, or you could eat 93-7 beef with ground chicken and lean and lean chicken breast, right? That makes a huge difference. And never again, it was not talked about. Um, also, when they got to choose their own foods, what did they choose, right? Again, were the carnivores waking up and eating bacon at th three times a day? Or were they eating chicken? Were they eating salmon? Were they eating tuna? Like, you saw them cook again every once in a while, but nothing what you should have seen for the for you to really understand the study um 
bunch of the episodes in the middle were very much about how raising cattle are just is just killing our world, right? Deforestation, pollution, greenhouse gases, how it, you know, it's killing the world. And I don't think they're wrong, right? I mean, they it's definitely gotten to the point where things are not being done safely or, you know, with the environment in mind, but it was very fear-mongering, very one-sided. Not once did you see how deforestation was happening to farm avocados or mangoes when they're not in season. So there wasn't one bad thing about farming plants or pesticides or anything like that, but there was a lot about how bad meat is for you. So the middle episodes I thought were like very, very biased um, about how just how meat is ruining the world. So I'm going to skip those one because I don't like speaking on things I'm not certain of and I don't know enough about the environmental effects and greenhouse gases and all that stuff with plants or with animals. So I'm not going to say things I don't know. It is something I want to look up, but I'm not going to sit here and spit false information out. So I'm going to skip past those. Um, One thing I I did stick out was that a bunch of the farmers said like, labels are bullshit because something says organic or because something says free range. That means nothing. I think one of the farmers said, as long as the chicken has like a two by two foot area of grass that it can go out to every once in a while that's considered free range so don't buy something just because the label one it's probably just trying to get more money from you and it's not as free range and organic as you think i do think i remember in one other podcast um documentary organic uh the label organic can mean that it was just made in a facility that something is organic Um, that particular thing doesn't have to be. I could be wrong on that, but I swear in Game Changers or one of the Netflix documentaries, it kind of went after labels and that was the case for organic. Um, Okay. One other last thing before I go into the results was the glow germ experiment. They did this experiment with one of the twins where they cooked chicken breast. And then they, you know, they were supposed to, they put something on the chicken breast that like you can check on a black light. And then they, you know, they were supposed to wash their hands and be sanitary and then go about cooking the recipe. And then after it, they turned the lights off and checked where all the black light, where all the glow germ had been. So AKA they didn't wash their hands well enough and they put raw chicken breast goo all over their kitchen. That kind of got me mad. One, I'm, I'm pro germ um, in the sense that I think exposing yourself to germs is so important. It builds immunity and the people that are living, you know, plastic bubbles, they're the ones that get sick the most. And I'm not saying go bite into a raw chicken and, you know, dabble with a salmonella. Don't, I, that's not what I'm saying. But like, yeah, of course there's germs around your house. Like, yeah, even if you wash your hands after cooking chicken breast, like you might get stuff there every once in a while, but you're not licking your refrigerator handle. You're not licking the knife you just used. So that kind of bothered me a little bit. And I just think it makes people so scared of germs. And we all went through that with the pandemic. And guess what? Sometimes germs are good for you. Eating a gummy bear off the floor in the middle of your high school because you love the red gummy bears, it makes your immune system stronger. Lady and Cora, you get that joke. Um, All right. So the next thing was the results. Um, They sat the twins down and they talked about what came from it. And I do want to point out that they did a whole episode on like fake meats. And I'm not going to, I love mushrooms. So I just realized that a lot of the fake meats are made out of mushrooms. So I think I would be fine as a vegan, but poor Tommy, my husband does not like mushrooms. Um, Thanks for him. Oh, and then one other thing, which is 
people are probably going to get pissed at me for and be like, you're so insensitive, you're such a bitch, but I'm going to be honest. When someone is sitting on camera in a nutrition field and telling me how much healthier the vegan diet is, yet they themselves are probably 40% body fat and 60 pounds overweight, I have a hard time accepting their truths. And I don't, and I'm not saying that you absolutely have to walk the walk to be smart in something. That's not true, right? Some of the best coaches in sports can't play the game. But in nutrition and fitness, I really do believe you kind of have to look the part. If you're going to sit and preach and die on a hill of this is better for your body, this is better for your health, but then not be in good health, I, it, it's very hard for me to like dive into that and believe you then. And unfortunately, a good amount of the people advocating for this vegan diet were very overweight. So I just, again, like it makes me be like, really? Is it healthier for you? Because look at you. And even my my new coach to the squad, when she was a vegan for like four to five months, she said that it was so unhealthy. She lived off of like pastas and more processed foods. So yes, I do think you can be a very healthy vegan and you can be a very unhealthy vegan, just like the carnivore diet. You could be a healthy carnivore or a very unhealthy carnivore. There is no best way. And that's really what the results kind of showed you. I'm not going to go over every single pair because it'll be hard to listen to and understand. I'm just going to go over the trends, right? The trends were that pretty much everyone lost a little bit of weight. And yes, it was because their food was tracked and that's gonna happen with everybody. Um, Almost all the vegans lost fat. Um, Every single vegan did actually. All the vegans' body fat percentages went down. Two out of the four carnivore body fat percentages went down. This is the big kicker. Every three out of the four vegans lost muscle. And these people did not have a lot of muscle to start with. So that is not good, right? If you're sitting at 40% body fat, you don't have a lot of muscle. And you go vegan and you lose even more. We know that muscle is so important for health, especially as you get older. So the fact that every set of vegan minus one pair lost muscle is not good. Um, Again, you don't know how much they were eating. You don't know how much they truly followed this strength plan either. Uh, The only vegan to gain muscle was the younger African-American twin who gained two pounds in eight weeks while his twin who did carnivore gained seven pounds of muscle. So a pretty significant jump there. Um, And that's really it. Like the whole story there shows you that the vegans lost fat and they lost visceral fat, which is great, but they also lost muscle. The carnivores stayed about the same with body fat, but gained muscle. And what you can tell from that is guess what? The best diet is blending the two together. Exactly what I've said on episode one through whatever episode this is on here. Exactly what I preach to my clients and how I live my life. You want a lot of vegetables. You want a lot of fruit. You want a lot of biodiversity in your gut. But Animal protein is so good for you, for muscle growth, for calorie intake. Lean meats are so good for you. They help with your training, right? They help with muscle. They help with longevity. But again, so are vegetables. So are fruits. 
And again, you're going to have people that are like, absolutely not. Fruits and vegetables are so bad for you. Blah, blah, blah. Like, enough is enough. Like, no one ever got fat or dementia from eating raspberries. So I am pro omnivore, which is both. I think whole lean foods are the best way to go. And I think that's what you should get from that this study is there are amazing benefits for eating plants, but there are amazing benefits from eating animal protein. And again, the vegans, I don't know how much protein they were eating because they didn't give you any of that information, but they were probably under eating it. And the fact that you have to eat so much volume just to get a little bit of protein hurts. Like one of the male twins said, he's like, I just couldn't fit any more beans in my fucking stomach, right? And eventually you're gonna hit a plateau. Um, and that's really it. Again, just the middle ground, right? It's, it's very rare that things are all one way or all the other. I know more vegans that came back to carnivore than carnivores going to vegan. And I don't know everybody in this world. I have a small circle, but that shows you something. And the last fact that I thought was mind boggling, but then in our Zoom with my clients, people said that they understood. It still boggles my mind. They said that 13% of Americans eat pizza every single day. That is an insane amount. That's 13 people out of every 100 people eat pizza every day. I love pizza. That's my food, right? If I had to pick one food, calories didn't count to eat for the rest of my life, breakfast, lunch, and dinner and not get sick of it, it would be pizza. I think I eat it once a month. Maybe, yes, because I have a problem with it. And if I eat one slice, I eat seven. So I don't choose to have it. Um, But every day, that is insane to me. But then some of my clients with more level heads than me said, like, this one girl works at a bank and there's a pizza place across from her bank. And she says she has two co-workers that go every single day for lunch. That's crazy. Do they have one slice? They have that kind of willpower? Superhuman. Or maybe they don't. Maybe they're overweight and have six slices. And then another one of my smarter clients said, like, think about impoverished areas. They eat Elio's and frozen pizzas because they're cheap. And that also makes sense. And then another smart client said, well, think about kids in school. Pizza is usually always an option. Um, So they might eat pizza every day for lunch at school, like in high school or elementary school. So I guess the numbers are a little bit skewed because I was thinking of like 25 to 55 year old humans when I guess the younger generation, the kids in school throw it, the under, um, um, you know, socioeconomic situations also. So I guess if you do pockets of the country, it's different. But I thought that was a crazy number. And I'm jealous of all of them. <laughs> I remember in my fat girl era, I used to do Elio's pizza and take string cheese, mozzarella string cheese, peel it and put it on top of the Elio's pizza. So not just the cheese on the Elio's, a whole nother string cheese on top and then bake it. And you wonder why I weighed 185, 90 pounds. Good Lord. Now I only allow myself like pizza once every month, not even because I have no off switch. All right. So that is it for today. Short little summary. I hope you guys watch it and I hope you watch it with an open mind and I hope you take something from it. Like I'm definitely, I'm big into vegetables. I eat them a lot. Um, I have carrots, celery, zucchini, green beans probably every day. Um, But I want to try and be a little bit more diverse. I'm going to try and get some different vegetables in my plate. Um, They are awesome for volume. I do love Brussels sprouts and broccoli, but unfortunately, they make me very gassy. 
Sorry, husband, if you're listening to this. Um, so I don't have them all that much. And if I do have Brussels sprouts, I usually splurge for them at a restaurant when they're soaked in oil. So they're not as gassy. But add some vegetables to your plate. Have salads with a ton of protein on top with not a lot of crazy dressing, right? Um, do stir fries. Put vegetables in your egg bakes in the morning. But eat more vegetables. Eat fruit. They have great fiber also. Um Get a Ninja Creamy. Make your own sorbet with fruit. But again, try not to watch these things and go headfirst into a new thing, right? This is not your next fad diet. Being a vegan is not a fad diet. You can literally live on pasta and gain 400 pounds. And a lot of the times the vegan stuff has so much processed stuff in it, your bloat is insane. So do not jump into this headfirst. Ask the questions, talk to people about it, talk to a, maybe a vegan or a carnivore and see how they thought the process was. Ask my, ask me, pick my brain. Again, I've never been a vegan, but I do understand it. I do love vegetables and fruit. Um, I don't eat a ton of dairy and I do love my meat. I don't eat a ton of red meat every once in a while, but I'm on my lean meats and I seem to have a good balance. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Go ahead and watch it. Please feel free to ask me any kind of questions. Let's fact check. I can't wait to read the whole study and maybe see more about the calorie intake and I can do a follow-up. And I wonder what documentary Netflix will do next. I'm curious. I don't know if they've done a full carnivore one yet. I got to look. But have an awesome, awesome Wednesday. Uh, Hump day. We're almost there. And again, please reach out to me if you have any desire for some guidance and coaching or fitness or workouts. I'm doing one-on-one training in person now. I got to plan a fitness membership and I can bring a guest so I can go to you. You can come to me if you want to just get assessed on how you move. If you're nervous to go to the gym and you just want me to show you every machine and, and hold your hand while you're there the first couple times, I get it. Let me be a fool so you realize that people don't actually watch you. Um, if you want uh, me to help you with a new workout block or just check your intensity, something like that. But we have such an awesome community. Summer is approaching fast, which thank the Lord. And I just, again, really want to advocate for ending the fad diets. Trust your body. Give it food. Stop yo-yo dieting. You're just adding more stressors to your already stressed life. Let us help. You're not weak for asking for help, right? I sure hope not because I have a coach and I'm probably going to have a coach until I'm 75 years old. And it's nice to have accountability. It's nice to have someone to pick their brain and share your concerns with and ask opinions and be involved with like-minded people. It's an awesome thing. If you can spend money on your hair and your nails and a cleaning lady, why not invest in your one body you get for the rest of your life? All right. So have an awesome day. um, And I will talk to you soon. Show up. (laughs) 